everyone. Welcome to this episode of Steam of the Classroom. Today, I'm so excited for our guest. It is Kate LaRossi, and she is a kindergarten teacher in my district. And she also was my long-term sub in the Steam Lab when I had my second baby. Um, so I am really excited to be able to talk to her about her experiences today and just, you know, what she's been going through as a first year teacher and now headed into her second year. So welcome, Kate. Thank you. Hello. It's actually going to be Mrs. Jenkins. I was <laughs> Miss LaRossi when I was Tori's long-term sub, but now I'll be uh, Mrs. Jenkins because with everything going on, I also got married this year. Yeah. And luckily enough, luckily enough, you got married before all this COVID happened. And, yes. you know, I was there and it was a beautiful wedding, everyone. Oh, yeah, it was you. in New Hampshire. It was like in the fall with all the foliage. It was I somehow thought it was a good idea for my first year of teaching to also plan a wedding for the fall. So, <laughs> I mean, as they say on the Princess Diaries, let's add a tiara. <laughs> exactly. When it rains, it pours, as they say. <laughs> but it was a good rain, so it's good. It's good. Yeah. Um, okay. So... Before we get into first year teaching, I just thought maybe you could talk about what it was like working in the STEAM lab. Like, what did you, how did you feel about it? Because the year that you or my long-term sub, you were there for, you know, give or take like 12 weeks. And um, it was also the first year that the STEAM lab opened. So there was a lot of things that were new for me. And when I was prepping you to be my sob. I was like, yeah, like, you know, this is the first year. <laughs> yeah. So there might be some bumps in the road. Yeah. I mean, so first of all, I was so nervous because I had been out of a school at that point for about six months because I had stopped being an aide in a different district. And I was actually working um, for my dad's company just part-time to do something while I was subbing in different districts. And it was amazing that you gave me that opportunity because I was so nervous just to be in a school, but it was wonderful to have a friend to kind of guide me through it. Um, you also are like borderline the most organized person. <laughs> like the binder that you gave me to start was intimidating but also so well organized and thought, thought out that like I knew exactly what I was doing pretty much um the steam lab is so much fun I definitely had no idea what to expect going into it I barely I, I know this is probably taboo to say but I barely knew what steam was going into it um so it was a little nerve-wracking and I also hadn't ever worked with this age group before Mm -hmm. So that was terrifying. The idea of working with sixth graders, I was very, very nervous. Um, but it ended up being absolutely amazing. Um, everyone at your school is so supportive. Obviously, you are so supportive. I think I texted you at least once a day just asking you questions. It was. Um, I loved it, though. <laughs> it gave me, like, a, not that I wasn't totally in love with my baby and being on maternity leave, but, like, it just, like, gave me just a little glimpse into what was going on, and it made me feel, still like, still so connected, and I liked it. You're being generous with a little glimpse because I've been texting very detailed scenarios with a lot of questions, but yes. Um, yeah, and I, I loved being able to, you know, do the STEAM club after school. You were great about just kind of like 
helping me jump right in and get really involved. Um, and now I feel like a mini, I feel like you're like mini steam apprentice. And I like know a lot of different things about steam now and have different ideas. And I've done camps with, you know, focused on steam and I'm doing it at uh, my school now with the little kids. So, um, I think what was really something awesome that you did was prior to coming in as my sub, you came in for several days of observing and just being in the school and getting a feel for it. And I don't think that that's something that happens very often. I mean, like, especially for for maternity leaves, a lot of times people will just come in on the first day and that's like the first day that they're subbing and they just look at the plans and they get going. But for you, you really took the time to kind of understand the program and see how everything worked. And that, I mean, I really appreciated it. I know my administrator administrators appreciated it. Um, and I just think it really showed how amazing you are and how much you cared walking into the program. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, I was lucky again that I had the opportunity to do it because, you know, we know each other outside of, work. Um, I truly can't imagine walking in blind, especially to something that is or was as new as it was at the time in the steam lab. Um, But yeah, like I said, everyone was just really supportive and great, which was helpful. And the best part about steam is that it's such an open, um, flexible subject matter. Like there's just so many different things you can do with it, so many ways you can go. The kids were so excited to be there all the time. Um, like everyone would tell me that their favorite special was steam. And I was like, I really can't take any credit for this, but I will because I'm the only one here. So, um, yeah, but it was overall such a great experience. And I've said this to you privately, but you know, it really helped me gain my confidence back in teaching Mm -hmm. because I had been out of it, like I said, for a few months at that point. So it helped me feel ready to get back in the classroom, which was great. Yeah. I mean, that that alone is kind of leading us a little bit into your story. Like, why did you decide to become a teacher? Was it something that you always wanted to do your whole life? Did you start start out with something else? Yeah. So, um, I say this all the time and this is actually, I'm pretty sure in my like cover letter when I was applying to 300 jobs that year. Um, but I actually never, really went down this path. Um, And I think part of that is because my mom is actually a teacher. (laughs) And so when I was, you know, getting into college, I was like rebelling against the idea of doing whatever my parents were doing. Um, And then I kind of just naturally came to it um, through like babysitting. I was a nanny for three years, a full-time nanny. Um, And I just realized how much I truly love kids and kids' energy, being around them. And that led me to preschool teaching, which then led me to being an aide in kindergarten. Um, So as much as I resisted it at first, it just kind of, I was naturally brought back to it. And then just noticing that a lot of my really close friends and family members are teachers. Um, Again, another way that I think I just naturally gravitate towards it. Um, Because teachers are great people, you know? And 
again, like just being around kids invigorates me. It, I think it makes me feel young and, you know, full of energy. Um, yeah. So then I went into being an aide full time in kindergarten in a different district. And I was again around a lot of really supportive, great people who wanted to help me. It's actually how Tori and I met um, through her husband. Mm-hmm. So important time in my life. Um, but yeah, I think it just showed me that I could do it and that I wanted to do it and that I was good at it, which is hard for me to say out loud. But um, yeah, and then I just started applying and that was a really tough process. Um, yeah. Went out on a limb and kind of decided I didn't want to be an aide anymore. I didn't want to get not stuck, but I didn't want to be doing that forever. And so I was like, you know what, I'm going to quit. I'm going to try to get a job. And then I did through you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think it's kind of interesting that you said that you were rebelling against the idea when you went to college. And I kind of went through the same thing where I knew I wanted to be a teacher. I knew it my whole life. I had an incredible first and second grade teacher. She looped and she just was exactly what I needed to put me on that path. I knew it. The second like I started connecting with her that I wanted to be a teacher like her. And then I got to college and I was like, well, wait a minute. There's so many options out there in this world. And I didn't graduate in from the elementary ed program. I was a sociology major and I really think it broadened my horizons. Mm. And it wasn't until I was getting my master's that I went back for my license and for my master's of ed. And I think it really gave me that opportunity to see what else was out there. And it kind of gave me like a little bit of confidence that because of all the things that I had learned in sociology, I felt like I just knew people in general better Mm, and kind of like made me able to connect and see through others, people, other people's eyes and everything a little bit better and I think it's made me a better teacher to have gone through that instead of just staying on the same exact path that I had envisioned for myself. Right. I can't imagine you not being a teacher, that being said. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, That's a compliment. Well, yeah. And no, it's true. I on I didn't know that about you that that wasn't your major undergrad. I was um an English and journalism major. Oh wow. So that's partially why I decided to be a nanny because uh, journal print journalism is dying. Um, yeah, but I agree with you. I think you know me just getting out in the world and meeting different people and getting different perspective um, definitely helped me to become. Yeah, a and you also have worked in a few different schools. You subbed in different places, and I think it also has broadened your. Broadening horizons, like open your eyes to just different schools. I also think, like for me, it's made me a better teacher because I've worked in different schools. I also took some time away from teaching to be a curriculum director and um, at a nonprofit, and then coming back to teaching, it just gave me a different perspective. And and I'm not saying that there's anything bad about getting a job at. 22 or whenever you're done your teaching license and then staying in that district for 30, 35, 40 plus years. But I think for me, it's made me a better teacher to have gone through 
the different schools and to see what's out there. I mean, I worked in a school where we didn't have floors and we didn't have walls. And I've worked in a school that had a air conditioning everywhere because it was, you know, a brand new school and so nice. And, you know, you worked in that school too. And right. just the difference in the atmosphere is a difference in the administrators. It helped me figure out what I wanted and what I wanted in the school and what I wanted in administrators and then what I wanted for myself. Totally. It, and it's molded my perspective too. Like when I'm having a hard day, I'm like, I'm like getting so frustrated or I'm not agreeing with something that's going on, whether I'm silent about it or if I've said something, I always try and remind myself at the end of the day, I am so happy where I am. I'm blessed in that I found this position and my classroom has walls and a floor. And that's, you know, something that shouldn't be taken advantage of. And it's kind of like grounds me a little bit. Like I'm so lucky to have supportive administrators and to not have people that tear down each other. And it's, it's nice. It's a nice reminder, I guess is what I'm saying. Absolutely. I mean, I, applaud people. I, I can't imagine graduating at 22, 23 and just starting. I mean, I guess that's kind of what you did, but just starting teaching. Like I was in no mindset to be able to do that. I can't even imagine what I would have been like as a teacher at 23. Well, I started as a para when I was 22. Oh, that's true. And it was a para in a high school. <laughs> And I was frequently mistaken as a student, even when I was wearing like my badge. Like there was one time where I got kicked out of the library. Um, <laughs> I was working one-on-one -on -one with my student and the librarian came over and was scolding me because students weren't allowed in there right now. And I was like, but I work here. Oh no. It was so embarrassing, but like it definitely like, again, gave me some perspective <laughs> and um and just, I don't know, I agree with you though. I definitely, I don't think I could have graduated with elementary ed for my undergrad and then just gone right into teaching at 22. I just, I don't think I needed that time in between to kind of find myself a little bit and to be a parent, see how everything kind of works. It was really it's such a great growing experience and then getting my master's and then hopping into teaching. That was what was the best path for me. Same. Yeah. It Definitely. kind of blows my mind, the teachers that graduate and then they're hopping right in. And I just think it's amazing. Like, wow. Like, <laughs> That's what I mean. I mean, yeah. I was a waitress for a year and then I was a nanny for two. You know what I mean? Like I just needed that time to like, oh, I just graduated. What is the world like? Mm-hmm. And where am I in the world, you know? I've been living in this tiny little bubble and there's a lot more going on than I ever realized. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, you've done a whole bunch of different things. However, last year was your first year as a full-time teacher yeah. of kindergarten. Mm -hmm. um, so would you like to share a little bit of your experience, especially because it was not a typical first year? And I mean first year for anybody is always a really hard year. It's so stressful. I still look back on my first year and I think like, my, my, I can't believe all the things that like went on and what I got through. Yes, but you had a particularly hard first year. <laughs> I did. <laughs> but you did it through a pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's weird to say that out loud. Um, 
but it's true. And I also, I mean, as I said, I got married. Um, we bought a puppy. We just bought a house. We, I, we both turned 30, me and my husband. Um, it's definitely been a year for the books. That's for sure. Um, I think you said it best earlier that I just look around and feel so lucky and privileged and proud of myself to be in the position that I am in. Um, because I can remember a time where I felt like I never was going to get a job. I was never going to get my dream job, even if I did get a job. Um, and I, I did. So even though this year has been hard and there's been a lot going on, I just feel so lucky to be where I am and be in the district that I'm in and in the position that I'm in um, with the team that I'm on and the administrators that I have. Um, so yeah, even though it was hard, it's hard for me to get negative or down about it because I do just feel so lucky to say I'm going into my second year of my dream job. Yeah. Um, I love my school. I love my class, all of that. Um, so what exactly was the question? That you <laughs> I, didn't, I don't know if I really asked the one. I think I just said, okay. let's chat about your first year. So, I mean, let's go all the way back to day one. So the first, yeah. the first minute you saw your students, like, how are you feeling? Did you well, like... Go back I, like further. I have to tell you something when I had my very first minute of teaching and the kids are coming off the bus I was wearing sunglasses because we were outside and I definitely cried <laughs> yeah no well can I go back even a little bit further to the interview process because that sure. was like the most harrowing few weeks of my life um so we had I had interviewed for a position at your school. I kind of didn't feel great about the interview. And then. But you also, it wasn't within your license realm too. Right. So I kind of, I think went in knowing that and didn't think that it was necessarily meant to be. I was also so nervous at the prospect of teaching the older kids. But, um, so then like towards the end of the summer, I haven't heard from any jobs I've applied to. I'm freaking out. And then you and I were working at camp together and you told me about this part-time preschool position that opened up in the same district. And so we both freaked out and I went in and interviewed. I felt like it went so well. It was definitely like the best interview I've had. I felt really connected to everybody in the room, specifically the administration. Um, and then I hadn't heard back. I'm getting nervous. I think you texted me at like, it was like almost 10 p.m. one night on like a weeknight and you were like, there's a kindergarten position open. And it was literally like August 15th or something like that. Um, or maybe a little bit earlier um, in August. But then, so I went in and interviewed for that. And that was so intimidating because there were other K teachers there and I was so nervous. And Again, I just felt like it really went really well. I felt like I connected with a bunch of people. I felt like I was saying what they wanted to hear. And so then a week goes by, you and I are texting back and forth. I'm trying to get like intel into what happened, but we don't actually know. <laughs> I know. I was like, I don't know. I don't know who to ask. <laughs> I know. I don't know why I thought you were like the spy of our district. I was like, I'm just putting it out into the universe. <laughs> like this right. <laughs> And I just, I mean, we can get more into this when we, if we go into the mental health realm, but I just remember feeling like I didn't 
deserve it. I think because there had just been so many times that I had been let down by interviews or by jobs or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just was really downtrodden. I just felt like, you know, this is yet another thing that I feel like it might happen, but it probably won't. Um, And then I'll never forget, I got the call and I literally like went down to my knees and just started crying as soon as I hung up the phone. I don't even know what I said on the phone to the principal who hired me. Like I completely blacked out. I don't know what I said. And I was so excited. And you were my first call. And it was just like this moment where I was like, oh my, I did it. Like I actually did it. This has been two years of me trying and trying and I finally did it. And then the next, so I had my bridal shower that weekend. I had so many people coming into town. It was like a very big thing, obviously, in my life. Mm -hmm. And then that next Monday, I was going into my room and like standing horrified in an empty classroom with like so much extra furniture because people had just been dumping it in there. <laughs> and it was like it does 90- not always happen. <laughs> yeah. And it was like 95 degrees and I was just instantly sweating and I had absolutely no idea what to do. I was like, okay, so we went from the high of getting the job on Friday to the low on Monday of like, what do I do now? Yeah. And it was on the 17th. So the kids were starting the next week. Um, so yeah, it was, it's definitely been a roller coaster. That is the best way to describe my first year of teaching. It's been highs and lows for sure. And I think something I have listeners from all over the world and I'm not sure if it's the same everywhere. I don't think it is, but in Massachusetts, when there's teaching positions that get posted, Majority of the time, if it's um, especially in a sought after position, which kindergarten is definitely one of the most sought after, mm-hmm. at times there can be hundreds of applicants. Um, yeah. I remember um, principals saying, like, oh, yeah, we posted this position and, you know, it's been up for 24 hours and we already have 300 people that have applied. Yeah. So getting a teaching job in one of the most sought after subjects and in Massachusetts is not something that is easy it's definitely some like it's I mean even I've talked to admins and they're like this is so wild to have so many people and to have to narrow it down between all of these hundreds of people like where do we even start you know what I mean and I think one of the benefits of you deciding that you didn't want to be a para anymore um, and and not going back as a para for the next school year and instead subbing and then long-term subbing that allowed you really to get your foot in the door to have people see who you are and how amazing you are because by the time that position in our district had opened up for kindergarten I mean you had already interviewed for the other the other two positions people knew you because you were doing the camps like you had really you had done um, clubs you had really made the effort to get to know people and to offer up your expertise in teaching and working clubs and camps and and everything like that and I think that really is beneficial for people to see who you are and and not just one person out of 300 something that are applying for all these positions. Absolutely. I would say like 
if for if I was going to give advice for someone that was graduating or just graduated, I would say like do something similar. You know, don't be afraid to be a para after um, you graduate or a teacher's aide because it really it opens your eyes up for so many things. It's such a huge learning experience, and it also just puts you in that school environment. And I don't think at all in any way if you don't have a teaching job by the end of the summer after you graduate. I don't think that's a failure at all. I think it's it's just another opportunity for you to keep growing. Absolutely. I mean, it took me honestly two to three years to actually get a job and any experience is good experience. And that's definitely something you taught me. I, When you asked me to be your long-term sub, I was like, what am I teaching? What is this? <laughs> How does this work? And I mean, you're really good about just diving into things without, you know, being worried about it or thinking twice about it. And I am not. So you definitely opened me up in that way. And you also, you know, helped push me to experience different things in the district, like you're saying. And, you know, I think that is a huge reason why I got hired. <laughs> I mean, I, but I also like, if I believe in someone, I believe in them. I think in another life, I would have been like a job coach or like someone who like finds people positions. <laughs> I 100% agree with that. <laughs> the amount of times that I went to my principal, I was like, guess what Kate's doing? <laughs> and he's like, all right, I know more about Kate than like other full-time staff members. <laughs> like even like throughout the summer, I'd be like, okay, Kate's applied for the preschool position. You're going to make that phone call. And he'd be like, Tori. <laughs> like, but he did. <laughs> I know. Because I mean, he, I, he really likes you. Um, and I think that's a true testament to who you are because no matter how much I, you know, berate people <laughs> and when it comes to the, when it comes to it, they're, they're not going to make the phone call unless they truly believe it. Mm, thank you. Well, again, that was a really, it was a huge confidence boost, you know, to like know that someone in a this sounds weird, but in a position of power who had been in the school for a long time and had been a teacher, like saw me doing it and was like, yeah, she can do it. And that was just really nice to hear. Oh. Um, so let's chat a little bit about just the difference between teaching in person and then when you had to start teaching online. Like, did you ever think in a million years that your first year teaching would abruptly change literally over a weekend? No, um, no, but I definitely, I mean, I, I feel like I kind of saw it coming a, a bit before. Like, I think there were some people who were genuinely shocked on that Friday the 13th that it was... Wait, was the, it really Friday the 13th? Yes, and I remember because we had conferences that week. So I had finished my last conference on Friday, and they were like, what do you think's going to happen? And I was like, honestly, I don't think we're coming back to school. <laughs> and they were like, what? You're crazy. But like, yeah. Um but yeah, so I feel like there were some people who genuinely had no idea that it was coming. Um, I luckily have a husband who is very into reading a lot um, <laughs> and knowing the news and very into conspiracy theories. So oh, he, saw, yeah, he saw COVID coming like a mile away, um, even when it was still in China. So wow. I kind of felt 
in some way, like I knew it was happening, but I mean, there's nothing that actually prepares you for teaching 21 kindergartners online. Um, so no, I guess the short answer is I did not ever see this happening in my first year, but it did. And honestly, the first thing I said to my team and to my administrators, um, was like, there's no better group of people to figure this out on the fly than teachers. Um, mm -hmm. We're so flexible and resilient and adaptable, and that's just the makeup of what you have to be as a teacher. Um, Very true. So I think, you know, we all rose to the occasion in like the most amazing way. Again, I have a really strong team, but like, from the beginning, we were corresponding all the time um, in many different ways. Like, yeah, we were collaborating on how we could best teach online, but we, all, we also were like a support system for each other. Like we were, you know, laughing, crying, making jokes, but also really upset that like, this is kind of how the year is ending. Um, you know, so I was lucky enough to have a great team and that helped me a lot with teaching online. Yeah, I, I remember you saying that your team was constantly in contact, you were planning together, and having that support, I think, would be beneficial for anybody to have made that quick transition from in-person to remote. Absolutely. And I mean, we were, you know, there was probably a week or two when it first happened that um, there was definitely a lack of structure. I just because I think nobody really knew what was going on or what was going to happen or how we could figure this out. Um, mm -hmm. But then within like, honestly, two to three weeks, we had a really great structure going. Um, we did plan together and like everyone would take a subject. You'd be happy to know that mine was science. Oh yeah. Um, so that was fun. And, you know, I think the best part about, again, being in a teaching school community is that, um, you have such a great support system and so many people who are collaborating. So I never once felt alone during this entire time. Like I never felt like I was going out on a limb by myself doing something that I wasn't sure, you know, if it was right or not. I had six other people who were helping me, supporting me, confirming my ideas, things like that. Um, yeah, I can't imagine doing it without them. I, I really don't know what I would have done. Um, yeah, but you know what? It was kind of fun, too, because there were times, like, the kids would come on Zoom. They're still in bed. Like, they're <laughs> eating pajama or eating um, cereal in their pajamas and showing me their cat. Like, there were certain things that I got to see and experience through online learning that I never would have if we were in school. You know, yeah, um, I mean, and kindergartners are always notorious for telling you such random, cute, adorable <laughs> things. So to be able to see the family pets must have been pretty fun. Yeah, there were definitely some boundaries that were pushed, but um, <laughs> I think that was the case for everybody um, yeah. in remote learning. So, and they will tell you what they think. That is for sure. It's true. <laughs> like, I, I mean, there were times when I, when it first started, I was dressed up. I looked like I would in school, 
And then by the end, I was like, you know what, guys, we all know that we're just home here and I'm in my pajamas. So let's, why are we faking? <laughs> and there were times I would go on and they'd be like, Miss LaRosi, why is your hair so crazy? I'd be like, okay, I just woke up. So <laughs> that's why. But thank you for pointing that out. Appreciate that. <laughs> so That's funny. Yeah. They, they got to see you in a different way. Well, that was the thing. We all got to see each other in different ways, you know? Yeah. And I'm sure they got to see George. Oh, yeah. George um, loves the camera, so. George is Kate's adorable dog. <laughs> George Weasley. <laughs> George Weasley Jenkins, yeah. <laughs> He's boisterous. Um, and then the last, the last thing that we wanted to touch upon was just to teacher mental health. Which, I mean, I think it could be its own series, to Mm -hmm. be honest, its own podcast series. Um, I would love to collaborate with you on that. Right? All right. Let's do it. Um, And it's something that I've said a few times, or it's something that I've brought up a few times, like, throughout the years of podcasting. And and yes, uh, not yesterday. um, Last episode, I just gave, like, a quick update to everyone what's been going on, because I hadn't released an episode since April and part of it was because I can't get into the studio, so I can't do all my awesome, fun intro music and editing. And now that I've realized that that's probably not happening this year, I've just kind of been decided like, oh, all right, well, I'll just hop back into it. But another part of it was it's been a lot. This past five, six months has been probably some of the most difficult to get through. and while you said you had so much support in your team, I'm the only STEAM teacher. So I didn't really have anyone that I could collaborate with. Instead, I would reach out to some of my STEAM friends that teach in other districts or across the world and say like, what are you guys doing? Any ideas? Mm -hmm. And um, it, it, I mean, it got lonely. Yeah, totally. I mean, we lived at that point in a 750 square foot apartment and like that to some people is big, but to us it was two rooms and, you know, I had me, my husband and my dog and then I just had to carve out a little corner that I could find that was just, you know, didn't have a bunch of, a bunch of stuff in it um, that I could teach from and that was draining after a while. Yeah. To not go outside. Yeah, not have your own space, really, you know. Um, And I think in outside of COVID, teaching is a lot. It's, I mean, it's mentally draining Mm -hmm. most days. And as a mom of two littles, it's sometimes I get frustrated with myself that when I come home, I've given everything to my students and I've been so patient all day long with them and have really, you know, done my best. And then I come home and I get so mad at myself if I have moments or nights of no patience and being tired and exhausted and it's it's a hard balance and it makes me feel guilty and it's definitely something that I'm working on and I know that some of my other friends feel the same way and even if you don't have kids if you have a relationship it's the same thing coming home are you 
just so tired? Are you just drained from the day? Do you have no patience for your significant other because you've had all the patience for your 25 kids throughout mm-hmm. the day? It's a lot. It's definitely, it's not a job that it's something I think isn't talked about enough in our position. And I think a lot of people just don't realize what it takes mentally to be a teacher. Totally. I mean, I've never, you know, I've now at this point, as we've said, done a lot of different jobs. Um, I've worked in a lot of different industries and I think what I was most struck by is it's not even just physically getting up, going to school, And for me, being around little kids, like I'm running around all day. Um, So it's not even just that physical aspect. It's also, I have to be on. I'm talking to five and six-year-olds. You know, I can't sit and talk like this with you casually. It's, I'm constantly thinking about what's coming out of my mouth, what example I'm setting for them. Mm -hmm. And that's exhausting to have to be on six hours five days a week, you know, that's a lot. And as you're saying, coming home is just kind of a, a deep breath. Like I need to just sit down and zone out and watch, you know, Bravo for (laughs) three hours. Um, But, you know, a lot of time it's really hard to just let that go and leave it at school. I mean, I think for me, even the biggest part wasn't necessarily the come down of coming home. It was more the I didn't think about how mentally draining it would be in my first year, which sounds silly because everybody tells you how hard your first year is. And I was really prepared for that, especially coming from having so many teacher friends who had been in it for a while. And then, you know, my mom, all she kept saying was how hard her first year was. So in some ways I was really prepared, but I wasn't prepared for how hard I was going to be on myself and how. Um, I don't know what the right word is, how I never felt good enough. It was like I couldn't do anything right. And every time I felt like my administrators were watching me, I felt like I was harping on my mistakes rather than looking at my accomplishments. And I never received anything but great feedback from my administrators. And I have wonderful um administrators who are very give great constructive criticism it's never anything negative or you know in a way that would hurt my feelings necessarily but I think that's just something that I wasn't prepared for was the me being paranoid constantly that I wasn't going to be able to get hired again because I wasn't doing something right. And I mean, this might just be my own issue. Maybe this isn't something that other people. I think a lot of people have it, but it was definitely, it surprised me. And I consider myself, I've always been a pretty self-confident person in the way that like, I know who I am. I'm very self-aware. I've always felt that. And then to kind of feel like I was, you know, cut off at my knees last year was hard. It was draining and it made me feel a little like distant from myself in a way, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. You're referring to imposter syndrome. Ah, uh, can Have you, you elaborate? Heard it? Have you heard I of it? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I know, I mean, this is talked about on Twitter all the time with, uh, teachers saying like, 
am I good enough? I don't feel good enough. Do I know that I'm making a difference? Did I teach that lesson correctly? Could someone else teach it better than me? Like it's all wrapped up in imposter syndrome where you just never feel like you're good enough. And I think a lot of it has to do with so many teachers have that personality where we want to be perfect. We want it to go well because we really, we care about Mm -hmm. every aspect of our job. We care about every student, everything. And I mean, we put so much pressure on ourselves just as teachers in general, because we, even if a teacher doesn't admit it, you have to have some pressure on yourself knowing that, all right, I'm teaching this lesson today and I need um, majority of the students to understand. And if the students don't understand, well, I'm going to have to pull them and we're going to do some one-on-one work or small group work. And like automatically you already know all the different steps that you need to take in order to make every single student understand and learn from, for the topic that you're providing in just that one day. Right. And to not, like feel confident in that. I think that's really, I, I guess not even not feel confident. I just think, I think a lot of people go through that, especially in the first year. I definitely went through that in my first year and I didn't have a supportive administrators. Mm-hmm. Um, and not being able to like talk things through or to have someone that you could go to, I think makes it even harder. So it's really awesome that you do have that. And I think yeah. even just like looking at your first year versus your second year, are you feeling different? Yeah. So, I mean, it got to the point last year where I was paranoid that people were like talking about me <sighs> and that's, it's ridiculous. Like saying it now it's ridiculous, but in the moment it felt really real. And, you know, I really attribute it to the fact that I was just so excited to have my dream job. And I felt in some ways, like, how did I even, how did I do this? As you were saying, there's 300 applicants for every job posting and like, I get to be the one. So in some ways it's like, do I deserve this? Am I doing enough that I got this? You know what I mean? That Mm -hmm. am I living up to this position as kind of, you were saying with the imposter syndrome. Um, But so this year I do, I kind of had this epiphany moment where I was like, wow, I'm, not the last one on the totem pole anymore. (laughs) There have been some other people who've been hired after me. It's not going to be, I'm not the first one to go, which sounds a little cutthroat, but it's kind of how it works. And I'll just never forget. I was like, oh, well, no, this person was hired after me. So if they had to fire someone, it would probably be that person. They were like, (laughs) they signed an hour before you, like you actually are the last, but that's what I mean. These are the things that were going through my head that I, and I don't know if it's something that like, if it's just specifically teachers or if it's because I'm a woman in our society today, like, I just feel like there was something in me that was like, you were not deserving of this. Yeah. And that's not fair. You know what I mean? Because we all deserve wherever we are because we got there on our own, you know, essentially like I had so much help, but it was me who did it. You know what I mean? It was ultimately you sitting in the interview room. Right. And Mm -hmm. applying and doing all the things that I have done to get me to this place. And um, so, yeah, I do, I feel a lot better going into this year. I feel like I have a little bit more of an idea of what to expect. I'm sure I'll still be a nervous wreck just because that's my personality, but, um, but you hide it well. 
Well, just, um, I want to go back for just for a second. You, you have, you said that you had supportive admins and everything. And and even though when you weren't feeling like you could do it, like you never, you never felt like um, your mentor or your admins thought that, you know, like even if in like the back of your head, you're like, no, I actually worked for a principal who frequently would bring up how she had the power to fire us whenever she wanted. That is terrifying. And how yeah. is that breeding any kind of positive environment? I mean, obviously. It's not. It's like, I mean, yeah. the, the, the mental status of majority of the teachers was very, very low. Like we all were anxious. We um, absolutely numerous of us were depressed in our positions. Nothing was ever good enough. She actually said to us, if we didn't work 80 hours a week, then we weren't doing our jobs correctly. Like it was a lot. It it was a very scary, um, stressful situation to literally never, ever be good enough. Um, And I think as much as that was a terrible experience, it was one of those experiences that told me, all right, well, if I could get through that, then I can get through really anything. And then hopefully like you're feeling kind of the same way. You got through your first year that turned into a pandemic and you know, what's happening this year? Well, you can get through it. It doesn't matter because you have been through craziness already. Yeah. I mean, that's life, right? In general, you don't think you can get through something until you do. And then like okay bring it on what's the next thing yep and even just like for your first year as we said your first year is crazy for any teacher it's a roller coasters it's up in town you have an awesome lesson and then five minutes later you're like oh I can't believe that just happened you know it's just that's just the nature of the position and a lot of that never actually goes away <laughs> like yeah. I'll like be teaching the fourth graders and then like an hour later I have the third graders and I'm like well this lesson didn't work out the way I thought it was going to and I think we just learn to be more adaptable and we just kind of keep trying at it as teachers and um, no matter what comes our way, we just kind of like figure it out. And I think slowly with time, we build more confident because teaching is one of those things that takes time. Absolutely. The more and you teach something, the better off you know you are because you understand the nuances of curriculum and, and even just like little tiny things within lessons like, oh, next year, definitely can't use the popsicle sticks have to use a toothpick you know what I mean like yeah just little things like that and I, I mean I think one of the biggest things I've learned especially from people now that I know who've been in it for so long like my two mentors have been doing it for 25 plus years and they still like absolutely love it they're not those like jaded 25 yeah. year people you know um is that to expect that things are going to go wrong. Like, yes, things are going to go wrong, but at the end of the day, it's going to be okay. Right. Like the kids are still alive. They got on the bus. They're going home. They love you as a teacher. That's all that matters ultimately. And everything else is going to fall into place. Right. So whenever I I would have like my open houses and, um, and even like 
parent conferences, I would always tell parents that every day is a new day for students coming in. Mm-hmm. And this was especially when I had a homeroom, so I had the same students throughout the year instead of the schedule I have now. But I remember parents being relieved and saying like, thank you. And then actually when I followed through with that, being appreciative because everyone has bad days. And if we give kids grace, why don't we give ourselves grace? Absolutely. We can have bad days. (laughs) You know, I mean, I would say like, you know, 80 is a high percentage, but like 60% of my days this past year were mentally for me, not great days, but like, we made it through and we're here and it's a new year. Yeah. A new exciting year of who knows what's coming our way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when this releases, which will be in September, um, you know, we'll probably have started teaching. And um, if you could give yourself, like, if you listen to this, if you listen to yourself, which not everyone does, cause it's weird. Yeah, I don't know if I can handle that. Sometimes, when I li- like, sometimes I'll re-listen to episodes, and I just kind of remind myself, like, to to like forget, <laughs> remind myself to forget. Yeah, um, that it's not me talking. I'm just like, no, that's someone else. I'm just listening to a radio show. Um, but if you could tell yourself something, it's you know, you just started this school year. What would you tell yourself to think about? Um. Well, I. This has actually been very therapeutic for me. I think it's, I'm going to, I'm Italian. I'm going to give a long winded answer to your short question. Um, and I know you were waiting for me to bring up my Italianness. Oh, <laughs> I've, I've waited. Hey, it's been almost an hour. So it's, that's pretty good. For me. Um, <laughs> um, this has been very therapeutic for me because I think a lot of this stuff is not said out loud. So I appreciate that you have a platform where we can just talk about this and it's not, you know, I don't feel like uncomfortable talking about it um, because I think a lot of spaces, it's not necessarily easy to say these things out loud. Um, But I think number, the biggest thing I would tell myself is that you deserve this and you bring something special to this that nobody else does. And that's true of every teacher. Even if you feel like you don't, like there's no one who does something the way that you do it, no matter what. Um, Just point, you know, simply because we're all different. We're all different people. There's no one who does something the same way twice. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think you deserve it is the biggest thing. And then um, like I said, bad stuff is going to happen and you're going to get through it no matter what. I like that. So I probably now will go back and listen to that. <laughs> or at least the last minute or two. <laughs> exactly. Um, this really has been therapeutic and I mean, I wasn't kidding. I think this could just be a whole series talking about teacher mental health. Um, I actually, um, I follow um, Emily. I forget what her last name is, but she's the Teaching Saves Lives um, Instagram account. Yeah, I've been looking into that. Yeah, and she just started a podcast, and I think a lot of it's going to be just talking about things that teachers don't talk about often and I'm excited Mm -hmm. to hear what she has to say um so if 
I mean, generally speaking, this podcast is usually about steam or something in that realm of um, make your ed and all that kind of stuff. But I love that we, we kind of blurred those lines today. And I would say, um, you know, if you're looking for more podcasts that talk about mental health and, and talk about kind of the tough stuff, I would definitely say check out the Teaching Saves Lives podcast. The couple of episodes that I've heard so far have been really amazing. And I think Emily has such a great voice. Um, she talks about that stuff that really usually just gets hidden under the rug. Um, so maybe, yeah. Kate, maybe you'll just become a mental health advocate and you'll find yourself hosting your own podcast or going on Emily's someday. That would be great. I need to get through my second year first in the middle of a pandemic, but yes, I love your ambition and there you always go. Me to do more. So thank you. Maybe yeah, that I'm, I'm your personal cheerleader. You are. Um, but anyway, so, um, if anyone would like to connect or, um, reach out, please feel free to my website, steamuptheclassroom.com, or you can find me on Twitter at steamupthecLSRM, or you can see what's going on in my classroom, um, st- uh, on Instagram, steamuptheclassroom, keeping it consistent. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, so this has been awesome, Kate. Thank you so much for coming on. I know it's been like, it's been a while. We've been talking about this since you were my sub. And I'm glad that we waited because it, it really allowed us to have this really awesome conversation and, and really talk about first year and, and everything that's gone on in between when you were my sub in the Steam Lab. So um, thanks so much for taking the time and and here we go. We got a week and a half until school starts. So, yep, let's we do it. <laughs> All right. We'll say hi to the boys. Thanks for everything. Bye. Bye.